now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Thank God. This life is a race. It's a race, a divine race that God has set before us. When we're running our race, we have our eyes on the finish line. We do our best to get there. We're not looking around because we don't want to be distracted. We are fixed on one thing, on getting to the finish line. And that's how God wants us to see this life. And we have to endure in running that race right to the end. And God says that he has given us different gifts, different abilities. Each of us have a gift, or sometimes there are more than one functioning inside of us, a divine ability in which the Holy Spirit enhances that gift as we spend time during our life studying the Word of God, being in fellowship, encouraging one another. That is a work, the work of the Holy Spirit. But it is because God has appointed for each of us in life exactly what he wants us to do. And we are discovering that direction and purpose as we go along. It requires faith. And the idea of faith, especially in the Old Testament, is that as we are faithful, we grow in faith. So the very concept of faith necessitates faithfulness. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's all about faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 that we are surrounded by those clouds of witnesses. And so for us today, it is important for us to embrace faith in God and being faithful to our Lord Jesus as we continue to run this divine race that God has for us, that he has us in. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to bless us. Thank you, Father. God, thank you for your word. O Holy Spirit, speak your truth in our hearts, dear God, so that we can understand it, And then, Father, give us your grace to not only understand but to respond and to yield 
and to say to you, Lord Jesus, I'm being obedient to your word. So thank you, Father. We know, God, that our greatest expression that we love you is obedience. So thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1. Now you heard this morning, Deacon McNeil read from Hebrews chapter 11, and he read only a portion there dealing with Abraham and dealing with Sarah and dealing with their faith in God. In the Old Testament, faith has this concept of faithfulness. We have to be faithful. That's how we experience faith. It's never faith as an end in itself. It is be faithful and you will grow in faith. So Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and God is telling us, when you look back at everything that happened before, all those responses that we find where God's servant chose to be faithful to God, and in their faithfulness, they grew in their faith in God. Their absolute trust in him. See, when God called Abraham, Abraham obeyed God. He chose to obey God. That act of obedience is understood then that he believed in God. And that belief was counted for righteousness. And all those examples were given because they obeyed God. And we have those witnesses. Because if we say we have faith and we're not obeying, then our faith is dead. It has no meaning whatsoever. And we can spend the rest of this life saying, I have faith, but without the obedience, God says you really did not have faith. Faith necessitates faithfulness. There is a command, so God is saying, here are all of these examples I give you. And we can consider them as God revealing himself in the hearts of humanity by the grace of God, the work of the Holy Spirit. And God says, here are these examples. And now he's saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to demand an imperative. I'm asking you to respond to me based on looking at what happened in the past. So he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We have a race. In this life, 
And that race is simply this. To live every day believing that the Holy Spirit will use us to tell others about Jesus. That's our race. That's the life we live. That's what God wants us to experience. And all of us will experience that in different ways. Different circumstances. God will connect us and bring us to people. Because Jesus died for them. He died for the world. Jesus had a race. His race was to go to the cross and endure the cross, despise the shame on the cross, share his blood for our sin, pay the price for our sin, experience rejection from the Father, experience death, and then the resurrection and the ascension. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. When he left heaven, he did not cling to his right to be God, but he humbled himself. And he came in our form. In running this Christian race, this life that we have, it must begin with humility. That's why our Lord says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And if we're going to lay aside weights, if we're going to run this race, we have to be willing to say, oh dear God, Lord Jesus, please help me to be humble before you. That moment of act of humility, when we look at whatever struggle we have faced, being faced with in our lives. Whatever weakness in our hearts. Whatever is happening inside of us. When we humble ourselves, or as we humble ourselves before God, the very next thing will follow will be a desire to get rid of those strongholds. The very next step When we come before God and we say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, that I belong to you. Thank you for sealing me with your spirit. But we are struggling inside with some weight, some sin area. And God, I humble myself to you, to your service. The very next thing will happen is the Holy Spirit will convict us to lay aside those weights. Yes. Yes. And how do we lay aside the weights? God says we're not going to lay them aside if we say that they don't exist. Matter of fact, that will make no sense whatsoever. God referred to that as self-deception. God says you'll be just deceiving yourself. That's all you'll be doing. And the devil loves that. He loves to keep God's children in that place of deceiving. 
ourselves. So God says, don't do that. But he said instead, if you confess your sins, you admit to me that you have done these things, or you're doing them, or that you're struggling in the soul, in the mind, some area in the heart, God says, I promise you, ahead of time, before you even confess, what a promise, that I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to cleanse you of all those unrighteousness. Why? Because he wants us to lay aside those weights in our lives. Why? Because he wants us to experience humility before him. Why? Because he does not want us to waste the time that he gives us. He wants us to simply run this race, this divine calling that is given to each and every one of us. There is only one thing that can hinder us from running that race, and that is sin. That's the weight. God says, lay it aside so you can run the race. Now remember, all of the examples, all of those things, it says we have these examples. The examples of all those examples that we read in chapter 11, if you read through the whole of chapter 11, it's about faithfulness. Faithfulness. There is no faith without faithfulness. For heart's desire is, oh dear Lord Jesus, I want to be faithful for my existence. I want to be faithful to you. You came and you died for everyone. And you want everyone on this planet to know that you die for them. You said it is your will that everyone hear this message, that you love them. And it is your will for everyone to be saved. But people still have a free will. Adam did. God made him in absolute perfection, but he still had a free will. And we say, Lord Jesus, Father, help me to be faithful to you so I can run that race. And it begins with humility. Let this mind be in you. The Holy Spirit is working in our hearts and God is saying to us, I just want you to be humble to me. Come before me and say, God, here I am. I present myself to you a living sacrifice. God says, that is all I ask of you. And the moment we present ourselves, we're confronted with, but I have all these weights. Are we following this? I have all these weights. And then we turn to the word of God and Jesus says, okay, thank you for your honesty. You could have been lying and saying, God, when I compare myself with others, I'm doing better than them. But God says, thank you for your honesty. Now what do you do? I want you to confess them because I'm giving you more life. I want you to confess it on the basis of a promise, based on what Jesus did. I'm telling you ahead of time what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to cleanse you so that you can be free of those weights. So you can run the race that Jesus has for you. And the Holy Spirit is doing that in each and every one of us. It is a work of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. It is what God is doing. Now the devil will come to us. The Bible says, don't be naive. Don't be ignorant. Don't think Satan will leave us alone. Every sin and every stronghold begins with a lie. So the devil will come to us and he will tell us, look to yourself. Look at others. Look at your religion. Look around you and do something. Our Lord told us in verses 2. Looking unto Jesus. That's a participle, ongoing. God is saying, ongoing, I want you to do this. Always be looking to Jesus, moment by moment. Jesus is the author. He started it off in your life, in my life, 50 years ago. He is the one who brought me to himself. He is the one who opened my heart to the gospel. He is the one who saved me. He is the one who sealed me with his spirit. And for each and every one of us, we had an, an encounter with Jesus at that moment when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. He is the author. And he is the finisher of your faith. He is the leader. He is the source. He is the one who will bring it to maturity. Don't be looking at others. Surely don't look at yourself. Don't believe for one moment that we can do something of which we had nothing to do in the first place. It's he who has started that work in us. Can, he's the only one that can bring it to pass. When the child of God get themselves stuck and they're not moving forward... It's because they're not looking onto Jesus. You go back to him and you say, Father, please help me to be looking onto you, Lord Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame of the cross, and he has sat down on the right hand of the throne. Of God. That's where we have to be moment by moment. Matter of fact, that's where we best understand grace. We're not going to embrace grace or understand it. If we don't understand it, we surely can't embrace it. But we're not going to be able to understand it if we're not looking at the cross. You have to look at the cross. And that too is a lie of the devil. That's where Satan attacks the child of God. 
The devil says to the child of God, you have this sin issue in your life. You know what you did. Look at what you have done. And you are in this horrible place. And there is no way out. You know better than that, but look at how your life is messed up and there is no way out. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. There is no truth can come from him. Only the Holy Spirit can now infuse into the child of God truth that can set that child free. Only the Holy Spirit can remind and convict. And God will do that sometimes by chastisement, correcting that heart and mind, getting that mind to focus and that heart to focus back on Jesus of what Christ did on Calvary's tree. Only God can do that. Grace is best understood and then revealed when we look at Jesus. Grace is not going to be understood when we look at the church and look at people and compare ourselves with others. That would lead to a kind of legalistic, condemning kind of situation that would keep us in bondage. If you're praying for yourself or you're praying for someone that is struggling, the best prayer you can pray for them is Lord Jesus. It's obvious that they are not running that race. They have wandered away. But Father, Lord Jesus, you said nothing shall separate us from your love. So Holy Spirit, only you, dear God, can deliver them from that sin of self. Reveal, Father, your love in their hearts, Lord Jesus. That's the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. He is able. God is able. And that's where intercessory prayer and sometimes prayer and fasting comes in. Brother Leo prayed for the young people that grew up in this church. It will take the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, dear God. That which you have started in their lives, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. The love of Jesus. Because that's where it all started, even for us while we were yet in sin. When we were in complete darkness, our destiny, hell, our position, where we stand before God, ignorance. Not knowing where we are going. Thinking we're in control of everything. But the love of Jesus came to us. And Christ, the Holy Spirit, revealed the love of Christ. And then we said, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. I am a sinner. Father, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for Calvary. So that we can run the race. God does not want his children to stay struggling in bondage. It makes no sense. God wants us to be free from those weights. But we have to respond to God. We have to hear him and we have to respond back to him.
to come back to him. And then when he delivers us, yes, he will, because he promised. But here is a mistake. When that deliverance comes, and the Lord may, he chooses the best way, whom he loves, he chastises. You know, the heart can be very stubborn now. The Bible describes that heart being very stubborn. The Lord says, look to the cross, but uh-uh, Lord, I want to look over here. I want you to even define what I'm doing over here as being in your will, dear God. I know you spoke to me to be looking over here. God says, no, you look at the cross. You live for Jesus. The heart is, that battle, the, the Bible described it this way to us as Christians. The flesh was against the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit against the flesh. God says, don't you think for any moment that there is some partnership. No, they're enemies. Relentlessly, that will happen. Because the devil is buying time. If he can get us with those weights, 20 years from now, just add 20 to how old you are. That's how old you will be. Scary, isn't it? But those two decades could have lost completely because the race is no longer running that race. God wants to set us free so we can run that race, living for Jesus. I want to close with this. We want to close where we start. Make no mistake of this. Running the race is not coming up with our own plans and saying, God, this is what I know that you should want for me. Running the race is a very simple thing. It's a very simple concept. It's one act of God. Jesus says, you're saved. I seal you with my spirit. And I want to use you and I want you to be obedient to my command. Because how will others believe? How are they going to believe in Jesus if they do not hear? And how are they going to hear if you don't tell them? It's very simple. It's not complicated. Pray the Holy Spirit minister to our hearts today. Amen. Amen. This is a message that God placed in my heart to share with everyone. It is a message of deliverance. Now is faithfulness. It requires action. It requires each and every one of us to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Now, Father, please lay aside weights in my life. Okay? Now it's heart searching. If for any moment any of us may think, oh, dear God, I know I don't have any sin problem. God solved that thought. That's a lie of the devil to begin with. That's a lie of Satan. God says, if you say you have no sin, 
deceiving yourself, you're giving in to Satan. But here's the good news. Confess it. And on the basis of the blood of Jesus, he will cleanse it. So in this sanctuary, at this very moment, let's bow our heads. Don't leave God's house. Thank you, Jesus. The word of God went forth. So let's respond to him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us of all our sins in the name of Jesus. We bring them before you, Father. We name them before you. No excuses. No hiding. Because, God, you know it all. So thank you, Jesus. No pretending. Thank you, Jesus. No self-deception. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Sins of the thoughts, sins of words, thank you, Jesus. Sins of deeds, sins we know, even unknown, Jesus, where we may have offended others and not even aware of it. Forgive us, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Those bondages, those sin are no longer weights. So that we can run this race. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. So we can serve you. We can experience humility, the mind of Christ. You, Holy Spirit, taking control and using us your way. Living for the message of the cross. Living for the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Faithfulness to you, Lord Jesus. Faithfulness to you and to you only. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Praise God. Young man, don't turn that off. Did you turn it off? Nope. Good. Keep it on. Those who are listening to us, thank you. Thank you for listening and you're all over the world and you have been listening to this message. We thank you. Every Sunday you tune in and you're hearing. And I'm getting all the reports from all the countries around the world. And I thank you for that. This message is about the love of Jesus. Jesus loves you. Whatever religion, whatever your tradition, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way that you will have peace and eternal, your destiny being in heaven, is through Jesus Christ. He is the way. 
He is the truth. He is the life. Come to him. He loves you. Jesus loves you, and he is God. And he is your savior. Trust him today. No other one on this planet is understood or declare himself to be the son of God, except Jesus. I'm not presenting to you a religion. I'm presenting to you a person. His name is Jesus, revealed in the Holy Scripture. And I understand you might have your own literature and your own scripture, what you call scripture, but I'm saying Jesus. You know in your heart that you don't have peace, but you can get that peace if you put your faith in Jesus. He is your Savior. And we want to pray for you at this very moment. It's called the gospel message, the good news. Jesus himself says, you need to be born again. We all need to be born again. We have to come in that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So thank you for listening and tuning in here at Suitland Road Baptist Church. Now we want to pray with you. And we will be praying essentially the scripture, but to encourage you to pray along with us. And truly believe in your heart. Truly accept Jesus at this moment as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just came back from South Africa. And I shared this simple message that Jesus loves the world. And I saw so many people receive Jesus. Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. So many people, because God has prepared all hearts to receive him, to receive this message. So we want to pray with you, and we encourage you to pray along with us and believe in your heart exactly what you're praying. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. I admit I am a sinner. Lord Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Lord Jesus, by faith, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I confess. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. Amen.